chapter 1. Because everything that they sung about, everything that they talked about, I mean, it's just, my message just lines right up, and that's the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 26. Hallelujah. Thank God for our children. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And, and those uh, that are willing to work with our children in the church. Amen? Amen. There is, I mean, there is a huge blessing on those individuals that do that. Amen? Raising up that generation. Hallelujah. Luke 1, 26. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when, he, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Say Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your your now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Today I want to talk about this account where the angel Gabriel came and announced to Mary that she was going to carry the Messiah. She was going to carry the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to pull out some points that the Holy Spirit illuminated to me because I even talked to someone this week and and talked about, you know, I'm going to talk about that. And it's like someone said, well, how many messages can you really pull out of that? You know, I mean, you got had to have heard them all, right? Well, don't be so quick here. Come on now. Leave it up to the Holy Spirit to pull some points out that are very powerful and interesting. So there are lessons we can learn from Mary that we can apply to our life on this earth as a Christian, all right? The title of my message today is this, The Divine Announcement. The Divine Announcement. Now, the first thing I want you to notice and take hold of is this. God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary to give her a heads up of what will be coming to pass. Now, there are some in here, there's some watching and listening around the world right now that you feel like you missed it from God. Anybody in here? You felt like your life, you just missed it, right? You missed something, all right? There's a lot of discouragement in the body of Christ. 
But I'm here to tell you this, that when God wants to get your attention for a major move, for a major shift in your life, listen to me, He will get your attention. And you will know it. If there is something that significant that needs to take place in your life, He's going to reveal it to you. Amen? God will get your attention even if he has to do it with a supernatural encounter with an angel sending you a message. Now, I'm not saying you need the angel Gabriel to come and tell you everything you need to do. Hello, somebody. But what I am saying is God will get your attention somehow, some way. Amen? But now it's up to you to believe and obey him when he gives you that information and instructions. You must understand now the context of this divine encounter that Mary had with the angel Gabriel. Jesus, the spotless lamb of God, the son of the living God, was about to come onto the scene. He was about to come onto the scene in this earth, in the natural realm, to make salvation available to all On the face of this earth. He was coming to reverse the curse. Amen. To put mankind back into right standing with their creator. Think about the power of that. To put mankind back in right standing. Back in fellowship. Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So this was going to be. Listen. The ultimate universal showdown. And smackdown against evil on the face of this earth. You do understand that, right? I said the ultimate universal showdown and smackdown of the kingdom of darkness on the face of this earth. Gabriel appeared to Mary. And listen, what's interesting about this? Well, angels, do they really have emotions? Do they have personality? Absolutely. Because Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her the news in an extremely a joyful way. Hello, somebody. God, isn't that amazing to think about? God created angels even with emotions. Come on, think about that. Gabriel told her to rejoice, to rejoice in that the Lord was with her, right? And she was highly favored and she was blessed among women. Now, are you ready for this truth? Are you ready? He wasn't telling you to worship Mary. Hello. But what was he saying? Mary, you're blessed. Because you've been chosen by God to carry the Messiah, the one that's going to smack down evil and put those individuals who faith in Christ, come on, put them right back in standing with him. So he was joyful. We don't worship Mary. Amen. Anybody that says you do, that's, it's, that's false. Amen. But here, this is what I want to tell you about favor. Are you ready for this? Favor isn't fair. Favor isn't fair. Why was Mary chosen to carry Jesus? Well, guess what? Only God knows that. That's none of your business. See, there's some things that are none of our business on this earth to know. That's up to God. Now listen to what favor is. Favor is defined as this. It means to feel or show approval for, or an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. Favor isn't fair. 
Say it. Favor isn't fair. But why does this person, God, why did you pick this person? Favor isn't fair. Come on. Sometimes those secret things belong to God. Amen? So many Christians get hung up on this feeling of, God, you know, this whole self-rejection thing. Self-rejection is huge in the body of Christ. God, why would you choose me? Who cares? Just take advantage of it and ride with it. Advance the kingdom of God and be a blessing to people. Amen? Stop asking why and start using it. Start using His power, His anointing on your life. The gifts and callings on your life. Start using it. Amen? Amen. Stop trying to make sense out of everything and just receive the favor of God on your life. And like I said, use it to advance the kingdom of, kingdom of God. Use it to be a blessing to others. Amen? Now here's what I want to point out here. Are you ready for this? Women, I want to talk to you right now. Satan... And the entire kingdom of darkness absolutely hate women. Now, let me say this. The kingdom of darkness hates everything that God created. But they especially hate women. Now, that's an honor. Amen? That's not a bad thing. That's an honor. But here's why. They hate mankind in general, but they really have a deep hatred for women for this reason. Because the Lord Jesus Christ entered into this earth through the womb of a woman. Oh, come on, somebody. All humans, as you know, must enter through the womb of a woman. Amen? To be legal on this earth. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but a man cannot get pregnant. A man cannot have a period. A man does not have a womb. I just wanted to clarify that for our woke friends. Come on, somebody. Amen? You'll actually get censored on Facebook for saying that from the fact checkers. Right? You know, next time your kid lies, say, don't do that. You might end up a fact checker on Facebook. Right? But I don't know if you have noticed or not, but women are very degraded on this earth. Uh, but they are dehumanized by the media, pornography, by Hollywood. Come on. They're dehumanized, right? They're just a piece of meat. Right? It is all satanic. It is demonic attacks on women because the Messiah entered. Through a woman. He entered. Now, that is why abortion is evil. It's satanic. It's demonic. It is murder of human life. Amen? Innocent human life is not yours to take. Amen? One of the Ten Commandments is, you shall not murder. And it was pointed out last week when I talked about the Ten Commandments. I forgot to mention that one. And it was right in my notes. How did I pass by that? Amen. But just know, ladies, the kingdom of darkness has a real problem with you. And you need to recognize that and not fall into the trap of this evil worldly society. Amen. They hate you. The enemy hates you. Now, one of the traps in that movement is that they told women, ah, you don't have to, you don't have to have children. 
Now, listen to this. Now, if you don't have a child, fine. That's up to your child. Whatever. What, I, what I'm saying is this. You could see. Have, <laughs> I didn't see it, but I, I heard about it. The, the Barbie movie. One of the opening scenes is where they're doing something, punching dolls or throwing dolls and saying, women, you don't have to do this. You don't have to have babies. There is an agenda because the enemy knows the Billy Grahams come through that womb. Come on. Those who are going to impact this earth for the kingdom of God are coming through that womb. So he will do anything to steal, kill, and destroy. And that includes abortion. The enemy knows what God's desire and purpose was, right? And and so the enemy knows that powerful people, that powerful Christians, like I said, and ministers, created and formed in the wombs of women that would impact history. I said history for the kingdom of God. So the enemy said this, if I can't influence women not to have children, I'll try to influence them to kill them. Now, here's what I want to say. If you had an abortion, you repented, you're forgiven. You move on with your life. But that shouldn't stop a minister from talking about it, that it's wrong. Oh, you shouldn't talk about that. There might be someone in the congregation that had one. That's, that's fine. We, we still need to talk about God's righteousness. Because here and this might stop someone from murder, murdering an innocent baby. Amen. So quit being selfish and seeker sensitive. The message still needs to get out. Amen? Amen. So ladies, stop being influenced by this ungodly society and start. Don't be naive either. Amen. These young girls, they're so naive about things and they're being played by the enemy. Amen. So, all right, I'll get off that one, but here we go. So Gabriel was filled with joy to be able to pass this amazing news on to Mary. All right. Mary was betrothed. That word betrothed means this. She was engaged to Joseph. All right. And she was a virgin. Guess what? They were doing it right. They were staying pure in the sight of God. No sex before marriage. Hello, somebody. Someone says, well, that's outdated, right? Don't you got to test drive the car before you buy it? You can test drive a car, but not the other. Hello, somebody. Why? Because the righteousness of God is what? I said it last week, is never outdated. Hello. There's a reason why God tells us no sex before marriage. Because it will bring the kingdom of darkness into your life, into your relationship. Amen? So, don't, don't... Chew up this lie from, from the society that it's outdated. Remember, there is no expiration date on God's righteousness. Amen? Here's what happened. So if Mary would have had sex before marriage, it would have disqualified her from carrying Jesus in her womb. Mary had to be a virgin. Jesus had to be the first one to open the womb. Hello, somebody. It's all about purity. Say purity. And righteousness. Say righteousness. The fact is non-debatable. I don't care what Hollywood says. Mary was indeed a virgin when she conceived Jesus. But I'll tell you right now, after Jesus was born, she wasn't a virgin anymore. She's, hello, somebody. 
Some religions will try to tell you she was. No, 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 no. She was a virgin. She had Jesus. And and then she went on her merry way and had a normal marriage. Amen? So the word, that's non-debatable. Mary indeed was a virgin when she had Jesus. The word of God says it. I believe it. And that settles it. Amen? In fact, to not believe that biblical truth that she was a virgin, it, it means this. If you don't believe that, you're not a Christian. That is one, I'll oh, come on somebody. That is one of the most basic foundational beliefs of the Christian faith. Mary was a virgin. Amen? Her virginity proved that that the conception of Jesus in her womb was divine. It was a divine, supernatural act of the Holy Spirit. Amen? If Mary was, was not a virgin, Jesus would not have been the Son of God. Hello, somebody. He had to be formed. He had to be formed. And he had, like I said, he had to come through a pure womb. Jesus entered this earth sinless. He was without the sin nature. Do you understand that? He was without the sin nature. In other words, he was not bent towards sin. The Bible said sin was not in him. That's talking about the sin nature. Why? Because his daddy was God. Amen. And he is God. He's the God man. Amen. The word of God says that sin was not in him. So he was not bent towards sin. He was bent toward righteousness. He was God in the flesh and he condemned sin in the flesh because of his sinless life. See, it says that Jesus was tempted, but sin was not in him. That's why he condemned sin in the flesh. Sin tried to come and try to tempt him, but he's like, no, he picked the way of God. Now listen to me. To be a Christian, you need to believe that truth. Because your righteous standing before God hinges on that sinless life of Jesus Christ. If Jesus wasn't sinless, we're in trouble. Our whole, come on somebody, our whole righteousness that we stand on, you know, where we confess, oh, we're righteous in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's because of his sinless life. It's a pillar. It's a foundation stone in the, in the Christian walk. Now, look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. <coughs> well, the kids all wear you out here on praise and worship, huh? Yeah, that's why I'm getting here. All right. 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter two, verses 20 through 24. Look at this. And it says, for what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults? You take it patiently. When you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, that is commendable before God. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Here it is. Verse 22. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return when he suffered. He did not threaten, but he committed himself to him, his heavenly father, who judges righteously. 
who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. And then it says, here's the popular line right here that we all say, by whose stripes you were healed. Jesus committed no sin. He lived a sinless life on this earth. That is why he is called the spotless lamb of God. He was perfect. He was sinless, and He was the sacrifice for our sins. Now, the Word of God says this, that Jesus became sin on the cross. He did not sin, but He became sin. All the sin of the world was placed upon Him. Hello, when He was hanging on that cross. He took our sins upon Himself. And because of that, it says, because Jesus took it, it says, we are healed. Body, soul, and spirit, all the way around, healing belongs to you. And you can thank Him for His sinless life on this earth. His life, here it is, His life of obedience. Think about that. Now look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews, oh, we're going to go deeper. I got some truths I really got to pull out that I think you'll find powerful. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, here it is, ready? Yet without sin. Think about that. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So again, the Word of God confirms this truth. If the Word of God is mentioning, it mentions it quite a few times, in fact. So if it's mentioning this, it's a pretty important pillar in the body of Christ, wouldn't you say? So uh, this is so important to understand. So as, And because of His righteousness we receive, uh, that, that we receive through faith in Him, we can come to the throne, listen to this, we can come to the throne of grace boldly, it says to obtain mercy and grace and help in the time of need. And we can only do that because of Jesus' sinlessness. We can approach our Heavenly Father boldly without fear, amen, when we have faith in Him. So you must believe He lived a sinless life, amen. Now, the Holy Spirit put that verse in there because he knew, listen to this, he knew that our flesh and the enemy would try to condemn us in our time of need. Have you ever been in need of help from God for something and all of a sudden just all your mistakes come into your mind? Oh, your, your remembrance starts to get clouded with all the things you did wrong. The Lord knew that was going to happen. And that's why he says that we can come boldly because your righteousness is faith is because of your faith in what Jesus did. Amen? Now, we're to be workers of that righteousness, put it into action. But remember, again, I said it before, I'll say it again, that you became righteous the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you can have deathbed confessions. Someone who lives their whole life like the devil, and they're on the bed, on the bed, you know, on the bed getting ready to die. Come on, somebody. And all the seeds you planted in their heart finally come to fruition. 
And that person was blessed enough to have an opportunity. And they say, now I want to receive Jesus. But that ain't fair. That ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. Are you following me? Someone can get saved on their deathbed. But again, you can't count on it because you don't know if you're going to have an opportunity or a deathbed. We don't know when we're going to take our last breath. Are you following me? But listen to this. So, so the Holy Spirit put that verse in there to come to the throne boldly, to attain mercy and grace and favor in the time of need. The Holy Spirit was revealing the enemy's playbook. He was saying, look, when you're going to have a need, the enemy's going to try to throw this condemnation on you. But you've got to go back to what Jesus did for you. Amen? And to, he wanted to encourage us. No, you keep coming to the throne of, of grace. Amen? So Gabriel gave the news to Mary, and she was not doubting. She just simply asked this question. She said, how can this be, since I do not know a man? Okay, that's length. That, she's saying, I'm a virgin. I never had sex with a man. How is this even going to happen? So she was thinking with her mind. Come on, somebody. Right? She was thinking, how is this going to happen? So um, we know that she was not doubting. Now, how do I know she wasn't doubting when Gabriel told her that? This is how we know. Because before this account, if you back up in that chapter, just before Gabriel comes and makes the announcement to Mary, Gabriel made a pit stop to talk to Zacharias about him and Elizabeth, where he said Elizabeth is going to get pregnant with John the Baptist who's going to prepare the way for the Messiah. Remember that? So Gabriel appeared to Zacharias to tell him that what was going to happen. And Zacharias said, man, he said, I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Very advanced in years. And, and Gabriel, when Zacharias said that to Gabriel that time, <laughs> Gabriel got angry. He got very irritated. Why? Because angels have emotions. Just want to throw that in there. Come on, somebody. Gabriel got very irritated and angry by Zacharias' response and made him mute where he couldn't talk until John the Baptist was born. But not just then, but when, John, when, when Zacharias agreed that his name would be John. Remember that? He wrote on a, they were going to call uh, John the Baptist something else, and he wrote on a paper, no, his name is John. And that's when. When he came in, listen, oh, hallelujah. When he came in agreement with the plan of God, that's when breakthrough came. This, I'm telling you, but this, what happened to Zacharias did not happen to Mary. She received the announcement with faith and joy in her heart. Now, another piece of evidence that confirms she received it with faith and joy is that later on in this chapter, which I'll read at the end, she sings a song of joy about this encounter. Amen. And I'll just tell you right now, a person who's faithless and doubting is not going to sing for joy. Amen. So the angel Gabriel told her how this was going to happen. Listen to this. Oh, we're going deeper now. Get ready. He said this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. 
Now, I know we read that, we've turned it into tradition, we've become numb to that statement, but the Holy Spirit had me dig deeper into what that actually means. Here's what's so interesting about that response from Gabriel. The Greek word that is translated overshadow in the Greek is used is the same word used in Luke 9.34 in the account where Jesus was transfigured on the mountain. Go with me to Luke 9. This is powerful. I, I've never seen this before. In fact, I've never received so much revelation in my life personally since I started pastoring this church. So I know y'all are praying for me. Amen. I mean, this is powerful here. The Mount of Transfiguration. Listen to this. Luke 9, 28 through 36. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he, Jesus, took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked to him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his de- uh, decease, which he was about to be accomplished, uh, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were fully awake, awake they saw him, they saw his glory, and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud, here's where it says it, the same word. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them And they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days of any of the things which they have seen. Now, a cloud came and overshadowed them. And 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 I love how it says, it says they entered the cloud. Say entered the cloud. Now, this is referring to the manifest presence of God, or what we also call the glory of God, all right? The cloud. Say cloud. And then it says, a voice came out of the cloud, or out of the glory, out of the manifest presence of God. Here's what I got to tell you right here. When the power of God, when the glory of God, or the cloud of God overshadowed Mary, God spoke over Mary and conceived Jesus in the womb. Here's, oh look, come on, listen to this. Here's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, everything in creation that God created on this earth, came from him speaking in speaking it into existence. In creation, it says the Holy Spirit hovered over the face of the waters. Wherever, here's what it is, wherever the power, wherever the glory, the manifest presence of God, or the cloud is present, God is speaking, and there is creative power present to transfigure your life and situation. Oh my, listen to this now. The word transfigure, 
Let's get a little, go a little bit deeper. The word transfigure is defined as this. To transform something more beautiful or elevated. To, uh, the word transfigure is defined to transform into something more beautiful or elevated. So when the glory or the manifest presence or the cloud of God is present, the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And when we are speaking that which we are hearing, it has creative power attached to it. You want to know that's called? A rhema word. That is the prophetic in action. Now, and because of that, because when, that, that is, listen, this is why we take our time in praise and worship. Because we want His presence, His manifest presence. We want His glory in here. I want His cloud to fill this place. Have you ever noticed in some of our times of praise and worship, it almost looks foggy. That's the glory starting to manifest. The manifest presence of God. And whenever His presence is manifest, He's speaking something to you. And that's why there's creative power with His presence there. Now, so here we go. Wherever the glory of God is manifesting, he is speaking, and we need to speak what we are hearing from him. You've got to get this now. This is really what a prophetic declaration is. It's inspired from what you're hearing from the Holy Spirit, and you speak it back to him. Amen? Now, listen to this. Let's go a little deeper. The Word of God even declares that he sings over us. Go to Zephaniah 3.17. Zephaniah 3.17. There's a book you probably haven't visited all that much lately, huh? Let's be honest about it. But listen, there's gold nuggets all throughout the Word. Genesis to Revelation, amen? Zephaniah 3.17. Look at this. The Lord your God is in your midst. The Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. God is in our midst. God is in our midst with His presence and His glory. And He is rejoicing over us with singing. Think about that. Now, those words of rejoicing are powerful. Say, God is speaking to me. The Holy Spirit connected some dots here with me. Ephesians 5, 18 through 19. It tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to sing and make melody in our heart to God and to one another. You, you know what that says, right? The Holy Spirit, when we do that, when we're staying filled with the Holy Spirit, He is inspiring us with words to sing and speak that will transfigure our life and turn situations around. When we're not filled with Him, you're filled with the flesh, and that's when you invite a curse into your life. Are you following me? That is the prophetic in action. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Why? So we can just sing like corny people all the time? So we can just look super spiritual? No. 
It says, stay filled with the Holy Spirit, singing and making melody. Singing means you're verbally releasing it. So as you're staying filled with the Holy Ghost, He's giving you words to speak, and you're releasing them, and it changes the natural realm around you. There is a purpose for everything with God. Amen? I'm telling you, many Christians just view that verse as just some corny thing that you're just singing to yourself. Right? Well, that might be you in the shower singing some corny song or whatever, right? But when you're doing it unto the Lord to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, He's speaking because you're, you're re, His presence is coming over your life. He's overshadowing you. Come on, somebody. But singing is verbal. So... Words are spiritual and they carry power. Amen? They carry a weight and they impact. They impact the spiritual and natural realms. Amen? Now, here's why. Here's why it's so powerful. You want to know what the prophetic is in a nutshell? When you get inspiration from the Holy Ghost to speak something, the moment you speak it, you just came in agreement with God. The power of agreement. There's power in agreement. Amen? So here's what you need to do. Here's a lesson the Holy Ghost is showing me. You need to turn your complaining and negativity into a positive confession confession of praising God and speaking the, His promises from His Word and watch your life get transfigured. Be made more beautiful or elevated in your life. If you, want it, if you want it to stay low on the earthly realm, go ahead and just speak negative and just keep on complaining. Complaining is praise and worship to the devil. Negativity is praise and worship to the kingdom of darkness. That's all it is. If you want it to change, I, I, I challenge you for this whole week, try it. Don't let one negative word come out of your mouth. Only positive. Only let positive come out. And I guarantee you, you will your life, I, here's the word, I got it in me, will be transfigured. It will be made into something more beautiful. It'll be elevated. Think about that. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary with his power and the glory, and God spoke over her. Why? Because God didn't create anything during creation that he didn't speak into action. Are you following me? So when he overshadowed her, he gave the command, the conception happened. Hallelujah. So the angel Gabriel finished his announcement, an explanation of how the conception of Jesus was going to happen, right? This is how he finished it with, what he finished it with in verse 37. He said this, For with God, nothing will be impossible. Do you know what he's saying there? Come on, let's break it down like this. For with God, or when you're in agreement with God, nothing will be impossible in your life. Say agreement. There must be agreement. If Mary wasn't in agreement, she couldn't have been used. Did God have a backup plan? I, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd say he probably did have a backup plan. Why? Because people have free will. Amen? But we don't know that. He doesn't reveal that in his word, so, you know, we can't make a doctrine out of that. Amen? But 
Mm. So for with God, nothing will be impossible. In other words, when God, when he overshadows you with his power, with his glory, with his manifest presence, with his favor, nothing will be impossible to you. And Moses understood that in the Old Testament. God, I'm not going unless you go with me. The children of Israel, they didn't even, they, they stayed planned. If that fire by night, the cloud by day, if it didn't move, guess where they went? Nowhere. But when they seen it, when they seen that start to move, they're like, oh, come on, kids, pack up. Come on, we got to go. We got to go. Why, why, why? Because we need the presence of God in our life. We are nothing without his presence. We are nothing without his power. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with James, nothing shall be impossible. No, it doesn't say that. For with God, James has to agree with God. And then nothing can be impossible. Amen? Hallelujah. So make sure you are teaming up with God. Make sure you're seeking him. Make sure you're seeking his heart. Make sure you're seeking His desires for your life. Make sure you're seeking His presence. And nothing will be impossible to you as He overshadows you, as He speaks words of transfiguration over us. And we speak those words back. Mary spoke a positive confession that we all need in our vocabulary as Christians in verse 38. Want to know what she said? After this whole divine encounter, think about it, an angel... An angel just told her something that rocked her world, and she has no idea how this is going to come to pass. By the way, the way God does things is none of your business. Faith stays focused on the finished result, not the process. Are you following me? But here's what Mary said. She said, let it be to me according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. Now, that doesn't have to be when an angel visits you and tells you something. We have the word of God and we can say, let it be to me as you said in your word. Amen. So after and after Mary spoke those powerful words of agreement with the will of God, the angel Gabriel departed from her. All right. That was the completion of that divine announcement. That was the completion of a divine encounter that was going to change humanity. That was going to be the universal smackdown of the kingdom of darkness. Amen? What a beautiful ending to a supernatural encounter from the Lord. See, God is pleased with our agreement for His plan for our life. Think about that. Amen? In fact, Gabriel, he he stayed joyful through the whole thing because she received it with faith. Amen. Sure, she had a, a question or two. But obviously there was no unbelief or doubt in it. You, here, here's the thing. You can ask God whatever you want. Did you know that? Just like my kids, they can come up to me and ask me whatever they want, right? I'm their dad. They're my kids, right? Ask them whatever you want. Just don't get mad if he doesn't tell you because it might not be none of your business. Are you following me? Many people are stuck in life right now. They're stuck. They can't move forward. They're in a pit because they got to have that. Why did that happen? Guess what? You're probably never going to get it in this side of eternity. That's why you need to get out of the pit. Just move forward. 
God has things in store for you. See, your, your, your destiny did not hinge on that one negative thing or several negative things that happened to you. That person who left your life. Listen, you're, God didn't wake up one day and say, oh, wow, I took a little nap and this happened. Oh. <laughs> Think about it. God doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He knew, he knew, he knew what happened to you. I thought my life and everything was over after my divorce. I was like, God, how are you even going to bring me back into ministry? How is this even going to happen? I have this desire. He wasn't sleeping. He had plans. He knew, right? That's why you stay, you keep your eyes focused on the finish, on the target. You keep it focused on the target. Let God deal with the process. Amen. See, when you start, when your faith, you. It really turns into unbelief when you get your eyes off the finish target that you want and you start focusing on the process. That's where the enemy will trip you up every time when you focus on the process. Stop looking at the process. Amen? Jesus, it says, for the, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus was not looking at the process. He was looking, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna receive a family. Come on, somebody. I'm going to redeem mankind. Amen? So here's the thing. You've got to understand this. We don't need a divine encounter from an angel. We have a sure word of prophecy in the written word of God. Amen? And so does God still use angels to announce something or pass messages on to, to people? Absolutely he does. Trust me. You have a pastor here that believes in the supernatural. I've seen the angelic. I've seen into the spirit realm. Trust me, there's nobody that's going to believe it more than me and that God can use angels to speak to you. And he will. He does, right? But don't wait for it. Don't wait for it. You have the written word of God here that's been around for over 2,000 years. Longer than that. Amen? All right. So... My point is, you don't need that an angelic encounter to be victorious on this earth. But let God be God. If he wants to pass it on through an angel, great. Praise God. Amen. But we can boldly make the same confession with the word of God as Mary did. Let it be to me according to your word. Go to Luke chapter 1 here. So there is absolute transfiguration power in our confession. You know what the word confession really means? agreement. It means to say the same thing as. And what is that? That's the prophetic in action. Is that what the prophetic is? It's divine inspired utterance from the Holy Spirit that we hear on the inside and we let the Holy Spirit speak it out. We yield to him. That's the prophetic in action. That's why the enemy hates the prophetic because those, those prophetic words aren't being birthed in our, in our flesh and natural mind. No, it's being birthed by the Holy Spirit and you're yielding and speaking it. That's why there's power in it. Amen? Luke chapter 1, verse 39. I'm, I'm on the last page, so hang with me. Oh, I'm before noon. What are you guys talking about here? Okay. Now, uh, don't look at me like that. Um, <laughs> Luke 1. Luke 1, 39, and it says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the, a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. 
And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe or baby, John the Baptist in Elizabeth's womb, leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is it that you... But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from her uh, from from the Lord. I want you to notice something there. As soon as, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped. Did you catch that? Oh, let's turn on the whole deliverance and emotional healing thing right now. Some of you have been affected in life because of what you heard a parent or someone word curse you even when you were in your mother's womb. Notice. She heard it. Elizabeth heard it, but the baby reacted to it. Words are powerful. Amen? And it is a human life in that womb. Amen? John the Baptist leaped in her womb. She was filled with the Holy Spirit at that point. Blessed, and then she said this, Blessed is she who believed. Or you could say, Blessed is she who who agreed with. Think about that. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So don't ever forget this. Believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. Say that. Believing and speaking will always bring a manifestation of something in your life. Believing and speaking. What are you believing? Number one, what are you speaking? That's where your life's at right now. Amen? I want to close this message just by reading this song that Mary Mary sung. All right, go to Luke 1, 46. Just right by it here. Luke 1, 46. Here we go. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul, mind, will, and emotions magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. Which we do, amen? For he who is mighty has done great things for me. Favor. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear or reverence him. From generation to generation. Hallelujah. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly or the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months, with Elizabeth, three months, and returned to her house. So, the divine announcement, the stage has been set for Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, to come onto the scene and enter this earth. And the world will never be the same again. Amen? 
Lives will be changed for eternity. This was the divine announcement. Let's stand up in this place. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The announcement has been made. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. Prayer team, come on forward. Maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. I cannot think of a better day than today. Today is the day of salvation. Amen? In other words, right now, as you heard this message, you're feeling the drawing, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, you might never feel that again. You may never feel that prompting ever again. This might be the time. Why? Because we don't know when we're going to take our last breath. And the Holy Ghost is trying to get your attention. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward and pray with one of our prayer team members. Be changed for eternity. Change your residence from from the pits of hell, the lake of fire, to heaven. Amen? To be with God forever. Amen? Now, maybe there's some in here, you're, you're a Christian, you think, you've fallen away from the Lord, you don't feel that closeness anymore, there's definitely something in between you and Him. Today, you need to deal with that in-between thing. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, come forward this morning and pray with one of our prayer, member, uh, prayer team members, and just get right with God this morning. Make it right. Amen? In fact, some of the most miserable people on this earth are backslidden Christians because they know the truth and they're not living it. Put that under the blood today. Amen? The blood of Jesus Christ. Now, maybe you uh, never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, authority is the right, rightful uh, rightful. Um, authorization to act, but power is the ability to act and to be a witness. You need that ability. It'll help every area of your life. Amen. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, come forward this morning. If you need prayer for anything, healing, deliverance, uh, prayer for a family member, we'll stay here as long as we need. Visitors, thank you so much for coming today. I, I pray the Holy Spirit tugged on your heart. Amen. If he didn't, we're all wasting our time. Amen? But everyone, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. If you need me, grab one of my business cards in the back. You always know where to find me. I always love coming and uh, being with the family here at Living Waters. Amen? Amen. All right. I love you all. Have a great week. And uh, we're going to go and shake hands. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.